1: Good evening and welcome to The Law Report. What do we have in store for you tonight? We're celebrating Youth Month and we're going to be talking to professionals that are still the youth in law. And we're going to be profiling four different um, young professionals um, that in one way or another are in the field of law. And uh, this is one of those shows that you you want to be listening out for.
2: The Law Report with Michael Muzwenning Bell, Kaya FM 95.9.
1: Good evening. Uh, before we start our show, special thanks to uh, Cindy. She's back again tomorrow. Um, what do we have in store? We have four guests for you tonight, all under 35, all under 35. And we've, as you know, listening to the Law Report, we've profiled um, the likes of Justice Yvonne Mokoro. Uh, we've profiled the likes of um, uh, uh, Mr. Ntabeza, uh, SC. and um, and And one thing we've never done is we've never had a chat with young professionals. So, what have we done today? We are speaking to a young advocate, we're talking to a young attorney, and we're talking to a young lecturer in law who's only 25 years old, and we're talking to a young um, professional practicing in corporate. Let me welcome all my guests. Let me start with um, my guest in the studio, Torani Nchekes. She is um, uh, 33 years old. Uh, Tolani, thank you so much for, for joining us on the Law Report.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: Yes, um, I, I, I look forward because I also know you even before, before tonight. So, yes. So, so I'm going to be trying to squeeze out <laughs> some information. <laughs> <laughs> and also um, joining me uh, is Ed Yama Matebula. Uh, he's 26 years old. Tataini Matebula Minjan. Hi, Mekwan. And also joining me on the line is Advocate Lungelo Njangase. Um uh Lungelo, hello and thank you so much for joining us. Uh
4: thank you for having me, sir, and uh good evening to your listeners.
1: Okay, so you're the only person whose age I don't have. So so just just Clara just you know, help help me there, uh Lungelo. Uh I'm
4: twenty six of old.
1: 26 years old. All right. And then also, finally, um, uh, Nic- Nicolene Ngmalo. She's a lecturer at the University of South Africa and she's 25 years old. Uh, Nicolene, good evening and thank you so much for joining us on Law Report. Good evening.
0: How are
1: you? I'm very good and thank you so much for, for agreeing to talk to us. All right. So where do we start? I mean, you know, one of the things that always I get asked um, is, you know, why choose law, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and, and, and probably... You know, I might be leaning more towards the people that have even forgotten the reasons why I, I chose it in the first place, and and it's always a good idea to to touch base with people that are younger, but also different because you know we're always talking to attorneys, but we, you know very seldom do we talk to somebody who's in corporate but trained as a lawyer and is admitted as a lawyer, um, and and various other fields. So we're going to be trying to use this show for you to understand. Um, a little bit more about the law profession and what you can do with it as you can see i have four y- uh, young guests who do very varied things in the profession and and we're going to be talking to how they got in how do you become what they've become and what are some of the challenges what are some of the opportunities let me let me start perhaps with you uh, toline and you you are in corporate and before going into corporate perhaps you know let's start um, in the beginning or from the beginning um, where did it all start from for you, like for example, why why did you decide law?
3: Thank you, Mike. Um, I actually didn't decide law. Um, I must say that it wasn't always a field that I thought that I would be doing. Yeah. Um, honestly, if I wasn't doing law, I'd probably be doing acting or something more in the media which is quite ironical given the field of law that I'm currently practicing in. Yeah. Um, so it was really just taking advice at that point in time, taking career advice especially when I was leaving high school and I was advised, look into the field of law and then I decided to apply for the University of Pretoria and then from there at least I'd, I'd, I'd say that's really when thing, when it gained momentum. Yeah. Um, after that then I got admitted but before I got admitted then I did my articles at Norton Rose. So at least it, give, it gave me a good training opportunity.
1: Right, so yeah. okay. So, so you get into law and you do your articles in Norton Rose and I'm sure that's where you, you completed them and yes. then you became admitted. Yes. All right, so we're gonna come back to you. Let's talk to uh, Ed Gamma Tabula um, and who's an attorney. Um, let's talk to, you know, sometimes we see attorneys and we see you at, at this stage of your life, but it started somewhere. It started at some primary school. Um, and and where did where did it start for you? Where out of all the professions that are available, I mean, no doubt when I look at the, you know, the prof, you know, I guess careers today, there are so many more careers that are more available. But there's also so much more information about them. And so you know, um, when we were considering careers, you didn't have things that a a 26 year old today would have, would would have. So I want to pick up from perhaps your life, even in primary school, did you ever imagine that one day you'd get into university and how, how was that journey leading up to university?
5: Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. Um, At the beginning, so realistic speaking, I, I didn't. Yeah. Right. But now my reason for getting into law is quite funny. So over the years, I, I manufactured like a reason that I've given an interview <laughs> so that I can get in, uh, but it, it catches up with you, right? Because yeah. you need your own unique story. Mm-hmm. You need to be genuine. So mm-hmm. my, my, my story, I wanted to sue my dad.
1: Whoa <laughs> so, um, It's a silly story It's a silly thing And um, that's Which one Is that the interview story Or is it the real story So this is the
5: real story Right So I had like one right. so, I, right. so I I dumped that a long time ago <laughs> But the real reason I got into law Was that When we When we had to move From my From my So when my, my Sorry When my parents separated And we had to move Into my grand's place I got very mad so I was like, how do I get, like, how do I get back? Like, how do I get my revenge? I want to sue, like, I want to do something bad to him. And then I, I then discovered and then I found out that there are people called um, divorce attorneys. And you can actually sue anybody. Well, that's what I was told at the time. And I said, okay, great. That's what I want to do. I want to sue my dad. And then over time, that grew into something bigger. Right, so when I got to, to to primary, when I got to varsity, it started growing into something. So I lost sight of wanting to sue my dad. Which yeah. today I'm a lawyer, probably should.
2: But <laughs>
5: um, I I I it then grew into something bigger. I was like, yeah. okay, great, this is something I can actually go into because at that time, that's when I started realizing that, look, look at my socio-economic you know background, this is where I come from. A lot of people, you know, in my family, where I come from, they're here, and then these are the reasons and whatever else. And I was like, great i need to pursue something like this right i want to be x i want to be a first generation graduate in my family for example mm-hmm. i want to be a first generation professional mm-hmm. and then this is the one path that i can actually do so by that time the idea of being a lawyer had already been solidified mm-hmm. so i already, i knew that i wanted to be a lawyer what time is this this the what time in your in your schooling life so this was where are we now so we're in grade nine. So right. we're in, we're, in, we're in secondary school in Skulilegile. Mm. Where's um, that? Skulile it's in Hamanskral. So right. it's in Temba. It's like a little um, town in 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 mm. So that's when I started getting a bit more serious with with my life. I was like, okay, great. I need to do. So I want to be a motivation. I want to inspire people. But then I I had so the school that I come from, they used to invite a lot of motivational speakers to come and speak. And no offense to all the speakers that came, we're very grateful for them. But To me, it was, you know, piecing together all these motivational quotes Mm. and putting them to me. And at that time I was like, it's very easy to motivate somebody, you know, with words, but the difficulty is keeping the motivation consistent and making sure that the person remains, you know, motivated. And how do you do that in these circumstances? You know what I mean? Um, You become an example. You become the one thing where, when a person is sitting back in the same background and they're thinking. I can't do this. And they look at you and they're like, well, actually I can, you know, he did it. And that thats that was the thing for me. So I was like, okay, great. I'm gonna become a lawyer. I'm gonna find ways to get into university. I'm gonna fight to get into university. So I started working harder from then, um, finding out, you know, what I can about this particular profession, limited as it was, but finding out whatever I can, how do you get into university? Which are the top universities that I that I can go to? How do you get into those universities? How do you get funding? How do you survive? Mm. You know, and all that. And that's 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 essentially a summation
1: of my of my little story of how I got into the profession itself. I I, I have some so many more questions, but I want to just <laughs> bring in perhaps. Uh, uh, Nicoline uh, Ngumalo here, and <clears throat> she's the she's a lecturer at the University of South Africa. Uh, Nicoline, you, you know, hi hi. I'm I'm just trying to imagine going into your class, um, and oh you're
0: 25. <laughs> <laughs> oh a story. How, how's that? I mean, a I mean, you know, I, I know
1: I'm picking it up way at the top, but I mean, you're 25. I'm assuming a lot of the students are either your age or older than you.
0: Um, of course, mm-hmm. um, considering the demographic that is covered by the University of South Africa, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps a great majority of my students could be my parents. Uh, yeah, that's quite Indeed. that's quite interesting. In fact, um, yeah, I had a situation, a funny one, where literally I was just walking past um, in the corridors on my way out of campus entirely mm-hmm. um, and then I was called back and apparently um there was a student who wanted to see me I was like okay well that's funny even though there's no consultation schedule but anyway let me just turn back um, and when I come back apparently these are the same people I had passed on the corridor so they look at me and they're like ma'am how you're Miss Mumalo why do you look so pretty I was like wow okay um, I don't even know. Perhaps they had created you know an image pictures, in
1: their minds,
0: right? And yeah. it didn't matter. So I mean, they let me go. Hey, that that wasn't that wasn't their lecturer. They didn't need to see so me. So they
1: they they kind of said, never mind.
0: Of course, So I get a lot of that. <laughs> I get a lot of that. I was going
1: to ask it's a question, but you know, it's cool. Never mind, ma'am.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Uh, all right. So uh, lecturing. I mean. I mean I can imagine, you know, just borrowing from what Edgar was relating, how one perceives this career and I, I can I can imagine very few people who look at the law profession and go, Yeah, you know, lecturing is for me. How did you get into it? Okay.
0: Mine is is quite an interesting journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I just have to dial it back and and, and try to to take you along. Mm -hmm. Well, my relationship with the law, um, interestingly enough, I had encountered way before I had registered and got into law school, right? Um, Just briefly, when I was 17, I was orphaned and then had to, you know, head a household of children.
4: Oh, so based
0: on that circumstance, um, I sort of had firsthand brushes with the law. Uh, I mean, in matric, I was wearing school uniform and winding up estates at the same time. Um, so from, from from those experiences, I've sort of understood the law or rather the operation of the law more than the lay person, mm. especially at that age. Mm. Um, so it sparked an interest in me, and I thought, oh, well, uh, I should just formalize this thing in any case, mm. um, right? So I, I registered into law school. I went to UKZN. Um, I did my LLB, and then I recently completed my, my LLM in constitutional litigation, um, focusing in African customary law. I've always loved that. That's a story by itself but to be honest throughout my journey in law school i don't think there was a time where i thought i'd be an academic right i'll be honest um now this is aside from my my characteristics which i mean many have told me i'm a teacher um at heart Mm -hmm. um so when I, i i got the opportunity to, to become a lecturer at the University of South Africa, for me, for the first time ever, all the different pieces of myself came together. Mm. And it was just a natural transition that literally, even when I do it, I, I, I realize, in fact, I even told a friend of mine recently that you know what, I think this is my calling. I'm, I'm definitely where I should be. Um, and, and, and I understand now why few few times in the past I had registered or I had even applied for for articles, but I'd never seen it through. Mm. So I was like, that's God working in my favor mm. um, because right now I am where I think I should be. Um, and I mean, yeah, I love research as well. So to be in an environment where I can sort of hone my research skills um, and establish myself as a young researcher is 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 quite remarkable and scary.
1: Okay, that that so, that's yeah, actually yeah. an interesting thing—remarkable uh, and scary at the same time. I, I want I want of to course. come back to that at at some point. But what I immediately want to explore is is you 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 describe uh, you describe it as follows: that when an opportunity came for you to teach, o- almost as if it it came to you, were you not in active pursuit of it? In other words, did you, were you asked to join or did you apply? Because I mean, you know, that that's sort of a very difficult concept mm-hmm. to understand.
0: Of course. Mm-hmm. So while I was doing my master's, because I, I did a research master's, um, I sort of put up my feelers, mm-hmm. right? So I applied everywhere, um, not even sure, what will catch right. So I was like okay if I get articles first I'll jump on that train and <laughs> see where it leads me I'll be honest I was like you know what where the wind blows
5: yeah
0: okay I'm gonna follow right Um, and then in fact funny enough when I had an interview um, with with my COD literally I had gone to an interview at a law firm the week before. Yeah. So I had this difficult conversation with 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 a few friends of mine that listen, guys. It seems as if both these options, um, you know, are coming to fruition. So if push comes to shove, I'm gonna have to pick one, mm. and I don't think that I'm at a position in my life, or I'm that sure of what I'm going to do that I. Be comfortable in picking one and rejecting the other you know i'm uncertain and i mean I'm, I'm i'm quite fearful of making the wrong decision so a white friend of mine said listen nikki as god has always you know aligned your footsteps he will make it clear um at the right time where you belong and i kid you not i was shortlisted for um the, the position of a candidate attorney at a law firm. Um, and then when I sat with those partners, they seemed very thrilled and, and excited by by myself um, and by my passion. Um, but then the wife, because they were the partners who owned the, the law firm, the wife said to me, listen, Nikki, I think you're fabulous. Um, I mean, you jump out of your your CV you you meet all the requirements but my fear is that all of this zeal that you have would be wasted here.
4: Hmm.
0: I feel like you you belong in academia. Hmm. And for that moment and
1: and and I was she's saying
0: conflicted. this
1: she's saying this not knowing that you actually
0: No. Hmm. She and did it, not know that I had another opportunity on the side that I was, I was sort of waiting to hear um, what they decided she didn 't know she was totally unaware in fact, I walked out of that interview so confused um, <laughs> I, I had mixed feelings yeah I, I called my friend I was like listen I feel like i've failed
1: yeah Why? let, let, me, let, me, let like, me let me let me let me let me just touch base with with Lungilla, uh, and, and 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 if you've just tuned in um we in celebration of youth month are profiling four professionals in the legal profession I'm joined by uh, um, uh, uh, Tolwani, who is the uh, Tulwani who is the executive for policy and regulation in corporate and, and we'll talk more about the organization that she represents um, Ed Gamma Tebula. Uh, he's an attorney at uh, Ernest & Young or ENS Africa yes. um, and, um, and also um, uh, Nikoleen uh, Ngumalo she's the lecturer at UNISA and, and now I want to turn to talk to advocate uh, Lungelo Njangase um, advocate Njangase thank you so much you're 26 years old and 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 I'm trying to think about you know everybody seems to you know particularly having listening having listened to to to, to Nicolene, you know, um, she seems to have had sort of a, a clear mind on what she she wanted to do. When when did you decide um, you wanted to to study law?
4: Um, thank you, Mike. Um, good evening to the listeners once again. Mm. Well, first and foremost, um, I must. Uh, say from the offset, that, uh, being an advocate, especially in a society like the one we're in, in Johannesburg, it Mm. is quite a humbling experience. I say that on the basis that, uh, I'm quite aware that there are hundreds of young people of all races who are competent, if not more competent than what I am, who do not have the opportunity to be here. So it is quite a privilege and an honor Mm. to be a member of this society and to be an advocate in South Africa. Um, to come back to the question which you have just posed to me that um unfortunately i don't have a glamorous story like uh, my colleagues have presented um i was a victim of uh, circumstances i went to university um pretoria mm-hmm. and 2010 i started with studying public administration finished that did my honors and then during the course of my honors i decided to
1: Pursue my LLB. Mm. So while the- so you graduated in public administration and and you you also got an honors in it. Yes. Yes. A- and heard. before venturing into your LLB, did you sort of seek employment? Because you know, when any time I I go on social media, you know, the conversation is oh I've got a degree, but I'm not getting employment, and that seems to be the the general atmosphere in the country presently. Well.
4: Um, I'm a uh, person who views uh, education a bit differently than uh, perhaps what uh, the current uh, normative value of education is. Mm. I feel that uh, we must be able to study in order to produce knowledge. Mm. So when I, com- when I completed my two qualifications, I wanted to study further. My intention was to uh, further my studies with my master's, which I'm going to uh, still uh, pursue. But uh, the reason I then decided to do my LLB is that during the course of my years in university, I was uh, quite an active uh, 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 member in terms of uh, organizational politics, in terms of uh, student activism. So I would be uh, confronted with um, injustices in the university where students could not be represented, where students were suffering. Mm. And uh, as a member and as a student activist, I, I could see all this contrast that those who do not have and vis-a-vis the students they have something will have quite a different experience within the context of the university. So I felt it upon myself, and of course with many influences in our society, that perhaps one should pursue a career where you could do something meaningful like represent people, in particular those who cannot represent themselves. So it wasn't um, something which I slept on and then I woke up automatically thinking that I shall become an advocate. It was through a process of society which sort
1: of channeled me to what i've become today Uh, and and uh, you know once more so many other questions just arise but before we explore those questions let me take a break and when we come back we continue our chat talking to young professionals in celebration of youth month who are in the field of law know your rights know the law the law report with michael mituining bill Welcome back to The Law Report. We continue our discussion talking talking to young professionals. It is, after all, Youth Month, and uh, joining me in the studio is uh, Tolanin Cheke, and she is in corporate. She's the executive for policy and regulation at the NAB, so she's a lawyer that has pursued corporate life, and a lawyer that is still in the professional life, as we say, and it's the sidebar, also in studio is Edgar Matebula. He is with ENS Africa, um, and he's also joining me um, in studio, and also another lawyer who is a lecturer at only the age of twenty-five, uh, Nicolini Ngumalo. Um, she is with the University of South Africa. And finally, Advocate Lungelo Njangase. And we're just having a conversation about what it is like to be a young professional in the field of law. What are some of the challenges? How do we inspire you, um, listening at home? Um, you know, in your respective profession, because sometimes you know you could be listening to a lawyer, but be inspired to to, to excel at something else. So personally, when I watch a Beyonce vi- video, I get inspired to be good at my work because she's you know it's just it's just the nature of things. So um, and naturally, as always, if you have any questions for uh, any of my guests, uh, how they got you, you know what keeps them going, um, do you give us a call? The number today oh eight six double zero double zero nine five nine. Um, you can also st- send me a tweet. I'm at training Bill. That's my Twitter handle. Let's go back. And, 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 and uh, you know, before we took the break, I was talking to Advocate uh, Njangas. And and a, and a very interesting thing because, you know, often um, Advocate Njangas, when you're having a conversation with young lawyers in yostem them, why did you get into this? Um, the answer often is uh, because I wanted to help people. And, and that's what... Seems to have driven you into the profession. Do you feel that that hunger to help people has been fulfilled in, in your current job?
4: Well, uh, the, the 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 hunger to help people, I wouldn't call it uh, the hunger, I would actually call it the, um, some sort of uh, a calling or a duty right. to help people. Yeah. Uh, it will never be fulfilled, but as long as we still have uh, socioeconomic issues, for as long as uh, we have inequalities in our society, for as long as There are people who do not have housing and many other issues which we face. It can never be fulfilled. Mm. Uh, Unfortunately, we live in a society where there is uh, currently no equilibrium. But if there was an equilibrium, yes, it would be fulfilled. But currently, unfortunately, it is not. That is what uh, drives me to wake up each and every morning. Uh, actually as we speak I'm still in chambers trying to do as much as I can before I go to sleep mm. uh, so no uh, the hunger to assist um, it, it, it gets born each and every morning when I wake up and realize that uh, uh, our country still has uh, quite a long way to go
1: one of the things if I can just bring you in uh, um one of the things that you said was that at age 17 um, you became orphaned and, and You know and i I think all of us sitting here would have had our respective challenges you know growing up but but very few of us can can have one that compares to you um you know i i can just imagine that arguably and, and it might not have been the case for you but personally you know 17 was probably the most confusing time of my life because when you're still trying to figure out the world and and you had to be you you had to confront the death of both your parents. But not only that, keep alive some dream to become something. How did you do that?
0: Oh, my word. Um, I won't lie to you. It was sort of the most life-changing experience um, that anyone can go through, especially at such a critical time. Um, because, I mean, 17 you're still carefree, Mm. Um, I mean, as long as you see your parents and you're well fed, you know, life's good. Mm. Um, But for me, those dynamics totally changed everything. In fact, I can say that they sharpened my instincts Um, because for me, the immediate reaction was that, okay, I do not have time to sit on on the side of the road and throw a pity party, Mm -hmm. right? It is what it is, Um, okay how do we proceed from from this point onwards? Um, And I think from that point onwards, I've always been this person who needs to think of a plan A, B, C, and Z. Um, Because now there's nobody who's covered my bag. I can't make a mistake, go and clean up my mess. So I think it is confusing, extremely confusing. Um, And I mean, I'm grateful for God Mm -hmm. in my life because I think even family members cannot sort of step into those big shoes because those are huge, um, shoes to fill. Mm. Um, and especially considering the amount of responsibility that fell onto my shoulders. Um, hence, I, hence I, I don't, I don't even think that I properly, um, sort of grieved at that time because I mean it was crazy. I'm coming back from school. I'm attending parents' meetings. I'm policing homework. Um, it's dinner. And it's a lot. It's a oh, and plus. My brother was misbehaving those days. Did they so not I've train you? Called. Did they
1: not train you for the students that you now have to deal with? Was it not sort of an induction Let to? I, <laughs> uh, I, I, I,
0: I, you know, I think um, God is appropriate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, life might not be fair and just, but I think everything that we go through sort of trains us definitely for the challenges ahead. So there are things in life that you know I go through. Um, or that I watch people go through and I'm and I'm like, Oh my word, did that break her? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not to sort of minimize anyone's struggle mm-hmm. because I mean, we've all got different challenges and portions in life, but there are definitely things that cannot trip me because of the amount of things that I've gone through and, and I've conquered. So I think that, that, that just makes me extremely focused. Uh, at any given moment in my life, and my decision making as well is quite firm because I've always had um, to make life changing decisions all by myself. So I think that would sort of distinguish me from the ordinary 25 year old mm-hmm. um, who's still got the luxury of time to explore who they are, um, delve into different um, sort of careers, you know, mm-hmm. try out. A module or two in another sort of course, and then be like, "Ah, eh, this is not my thing." No, I didn't have that luxury. I had to get in, get out, uh, get a job, um, and keep the keep life going. So, yeah. it's, oh my word, yeah. yeah. So,
1: Edgar, if I could just bring you back in, um, mm-hmm. you know, so you you spoke about, um, you know, doing research and and trying to find which school to go to or which university to go to having, you know, gone in a school that is, um, you know, in Hammanskral, then looking at varsities, how, how how difficult, I mean, you know, I remember my lonely drive in a taxi to looking for universities, and, and I was a lot closer um, to universities because I grew up in Johannesburg, but you coming all the way from Hamanskral and you trying to sort of, Understand this. How, how, how was that journey? Maybe take us through the journey into university because a lot of people We, we take for granted and I think there's something that I that, that I picked up when when advocate Junghasa was talking um, about how He values the position that he finds himself in where he can be an advocate and, and stand amongst the advocates that we know in the country today and and I think that applies quite equally to the privilege of going to university so so, it's funny now when you grow up, you like, you call it research because you're in
5: varsity and you've learned the proper meaning of research. So mm-hmm. now you can say, oh, that is research. Um, so, the research that I'm talking about, because as you'll understand, uh, like you said, pointly, correctly pointed out, someone's cry, far, mm. and we're short for resources. So, you know, you don't have as, as, as many internet cafes as you would when you get closer to, you know, to the city center, to the CBD. So you have like one internet cafe that's operating on like two computers. And, and at the time, because you're still in, in school, you're still in high school, you're not thinking of, let me go to an internet cafe. Let me Because you can't even use a computer. You know what I mean? So the research that you're doing is you're asking your teachers, one, because mm-hmm. um, you often hear them talk about, oh, my son is going to, you know, to tax to Dickies. Um, and my son is going, or my daughter is going to UJ, or my is going to VIT. and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, great. So there are these universities that they're talking about. So you go mm-hmm. to them, and you're like, listen, this is what I want to do. Um, how is it? And and in my township, uh, the the stigma that is around, or the fear that they have for techies, it's 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 a beast. They see it as a beast. Like it's a big thing. If mm-hmm. you go to TUC and you survive. You are a monster. I kid you not. You mm-hmm. are the greatest thing to have, you know. So you go to them and you're like, "Your son is going to their school." And they're like, "Yeah, he's going to the school. He changed from their school to that." Okay, great. What can I do? How do I get there? Um, how does it work? And they tell you about how expensive it is. Um, where you're gonna get financing? Mm. They tell you about yeah. We so they'll tell you what they know mm-hmm. to the extent that they know and to the extent that their kids have exposed them to that. I yeah. mean, I'm in this school and this is what I'm studying. I'm studying. You know this a uh, module and that's when you start learning on oh, they're not called subjects anymore they're called modules there also this is so you have like a picture of this is where i want to go so that was my that was the extent of my research when i was still in school mm-hmm. so and then i asked them to can i please speak to you you know when your son is around can i can i have a chat with your son um and then it grew from there mm-hmm. so then i had to wait my turn you, know, you have to be a bit patient because you don't have access to all these things then the trick um, I I'm, I'm matriculated and after matric, I said to my mom, look, I'm not going to stick around. I'm on scroll. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to do me any good. I've seen what happens and, and, and this is what I want to do. This is the purpose that I have. And you can imagine the conversation. You're telling your mom that you're leaving and she knows you don't know where you're going to go. You don't have money. You don't have anything. So what are you going to do? Mm. Great, I don't care, I'll figure it out. So I left Hamanskral to move to Mamilodi. Well, first I went to, to Harangua, and then when I got to my grandmother, she was like, yeah, you're, you're still a bit far. Plus my daughter's coming back, so you're going to have to move. So I moved to, to Mamilodi so I can get closer to, 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 to the amenities and to the universities and to all these things, right? So when I moved to Mamilodi, there was slightly better access. Because you still need money to have access to mm-hmm. all these things. But when I was here in Mameluodi, it was a bit better because it's not that far. It's like a train away, or if somebody is driving to town, they can drop you off. Mm-hmm. So then it, that, that was that was the the the, the journey. So yeah. when I whenever whenever somebody was driving to and, and this is
1: postmetric when you moved to Mameluodi. This is postmatric right.
5: during my gap year because and I and you hadn't been tr- admitted anyway. No. So unfortunately, right. so... You the, call it gap year. I don't, think,
1: <laughs> I, I don't think we, I don't think a lot of black people can... It's well, maybe now they can call gap year. It's not gap year. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. What I mean is now that you are in
5: varsity and you've learned all these words and the meaning and then you start classifying them properly. At the time, it was a frustration. I was like, okay, great. Couldn't get into any university. I don't have the money to apply. I mean, you, you only have one shot. Hmm. You know, your parents can gather some, you know, some money You only have one shot You need to, if you're going to apply You can apply TUT, UJ, whatever You have one shot You don't have the luxury of saying I'm going to apply to five of them And whichever accepts me that I'm Yeah, because, right. I
1: mean, I don't know how much it was But you don't have a lot of 125 for application fees
5: Exactly yeah, So I mean, you, you have five to rounds.
1: You have to pick a struggle mm. Right You have to pick one
5: And then Sadly you don't have Enough information Like I said Your research is asking people yeah. They don't even know How to complete You know I think it's like a six pager They don't know how to complete All those things And they're asking you things That you didn't even know yeah. So um, Here I am In Mamilodi And I'm like Okay great Now I need money um, it's a year, it's a gap year, now we're calling it a gap year. Yeah. Um, I need to raise capital. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did some odd jobs. So fortunately, during one of the odd job searches, mm-hmm. I had applied for like a billion things, but during one of the odd job searches, I came across, um, so this, this guy that owned a company, he owned a security company. So I applied and I said, look, give me a job, right? And then this guy goes through my
1: metric and it's like, with these results for what 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 position were you applying for a
5: security guard Macing-a-lan. i needed like th- the the thing is when i left hamanskral mm-hmm. i said i'm going to become first generation mm-hmm. anything like, sorry everything yeah right and i'm going to do it on a big scale mm-hmm. so, like i don't care what it takes sure i'm going to become big so in order for me to raise money to make an application to tax Mm -hmm. for for, for the degree that I want, because remember, I still need to sue my dad. So I need to push. I'm I'm Come back to
1: that one. (laughs) I need
5: to push. So... (laughs) <laughs> this guy goes through my results And he says to me With these results Why do you need Why do you need a, Why do you want to be my jingle line? Like I yeah. don't understand yeah. So I explained to him Look I need I need registration money Yes You know I know they've spoken about NSFAS I need to go understand What NSFAS is But in the interim I can't waste a year Because I can only go you know, for Once sure. or twice To techies to, to understand I can't keep wasting time I need to understand I need to raise money To apply gotcha. I need money for to registration So taking to that conversation So what does what
1: how, how does that play out the conversation with the, with the security, card, uh, so security company owner. Yeah. So Oscar goes to my results. Oscar who? Let's, let's give credit. Um, we'll
5: get I to I it. All right, it. that's Oscar. So he looks at my results. He looks at my matric and he said, you passed really well. Yeah. I don't understand why. So yeah. he says to me, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to give you the money. Yeah. So you're going to apply. So I'm going to help you apply. Right? So I'm going to make my, my wife help you. I'm going to make your uncle cuz he's around. He's going to, you know, are going to give you access to the car so if you want to go to to the university and I'm going to I'm going to pay for your registration. Wow. So he paid for my first registration. It's wow. so like I'm not going to give it to you. Go in, get the details. I'm going to pay for your registration. Yeah. I don't have enough to pay for everything else, yes. but I'm giving you like a start. Sure. So you go in, I make the application and the registration money, the registration part comes in. He pays it. And it's like, okay, great. This is where we are. Shop, now you um, need... Shake hands. I'm going my way.
1: Yeah. So it's like, right. okay,
5: great. But you didn't give me
1: the job as a security guard.
5: Yeah. You're like, okay, great. You were lucky. You were <laughs> lucky out. because,
1: because <laughs> you know, sometimes getting a job makes you comfortable. Um, Very interesting um, thing. I, I want to pick up when we come back. Um, okay. Let's take a break. And when we come back, I come back with both uh, my guests who joined me in studio, and JK, as well as Edgar Gamma as well as the... The pair that joins me on the line, uh, lecturer Nicolini Ngumalo, as well as advocate Lungiel and So we're back after this. Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Mituining-Bill. 17 minutes before 9 o'clock, we're having a conversation with four young professionals um, who are in the field of law, and we talking about their experiences, um, how it's like, how they got into it, but most importantly, some of the struggles that uh, they had to endure just to get to where they are and and of course uh, no doubt we'll be looking forward to before the close to find out what they want to do with these professions because we do want to hear from them say 20 years from now and and see um, how much of what they promised to do for the world has actually uh, been done um if i could just you know m- maybe borrow from edgar's story and one thing that certainly came out for me with edgar barring the point where he met um, Oscar Josi. Uh, it seemed to me that everything had been based on his own initiative, his own drive, and and almost like a, you know, I I sensed something of a lonely journey leading up to that moment, and 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 I was wondering, you know, to what extent, you know, in your personal growth, uh, Tolani, you know, how much of it was, you know assistant, you know, we talk about Ubuntu Motu Motokabatu, you get raised by a village. Versus just lone effort, you know, because I think everybody's story is different and I and I'm hoping that we get to, you know, touch on every part of what makes people what they are today. How was that journey for you?
3: Um, it was it was certainly a a lonely journey at the beginning. Because um, I did my high school education in, in Lesotho. So coming to South Africa was when I was doing my tertiary education. <laughs> um, and so it it's, it was lonely for the longest time. Because yeah. come, I, Edgar's story resonates with me a lot. So even with the application process, um, my mom was... At at that time, she was widowed. My dad had passed away. So that entire application process, there was a lot of assistance. And then coming to South Africa and studying and my mom doesn't work. So it was also a matter of figuring out how am I going to get through varsity? Because all we had was just registration money um, and learning at least about NAFSAs there and, and, and a bit of assistance and coming again to deciding how do i go about applying to for jobs you know what are my options
1: but i mean before you even get there i'm just wondering so you coming to South Africa. Did you have any family here?
3: I did. So okay. I do have family here, but yeah. I'd spent a lot of time in Lisutu with my mom mm-hmm. um, and my dad. So yes, I had family here, but we'd visit them at times when I was with my parents. So I'd never actually ventured out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always assisted by parents. So with my varsity experience, it was the first time that I was actually coming here and doing a lot of admin on my own and learning a lot of the street names. And there was just a lot to take in. I remember having to go to Unisa walking from Tux, Hatfield to Sunnyside only to get there and be told that, no, you're at the wrong place. It has to be in another direction. (laughs) So there was a lot of walking that was happening there. And then coming also to the point of applying is not even knowing what my options were. And I did perform quite well, relatively well, throughout my varsity days. But I mean, there were those subjects that one would decide, okay, maybe I'll try again next year. Mm -hmm. And so coming to the point of applying, I thought there were certain law firms that I'd already ruled out. And I remember a friend of mine encouraging me and saying, listen, just apply everywhere. Mm -hmm. You never know which one would actually give you some sort of opportunity. Fortunately, when I was at Tux, we'd also have career days. So you had the luxury of
1: ruling out firms.
3: Well, listen, it, it, it wasn't even so much me ruling out firms, but saying that I am probably ruled out. I probably will not even qualify. They right. probably even looked look Okay, so look you twice. sort of,
1: okay, I get that. Yes, okay. you know, so
3: I think it was more of a self-esteem issue, if I can put it like that. Yeah. Because you know how it is. There's this idea of working for a Santon law firm and, and what it takes, the, the ideal candidate that right. could actually even qualify to work for a, a, a Santon law firm, a top-tier yeah. law firm. We all want to go there, but mm-hmm. we, Well, we, some people want to well, go. Well, some people, yeah. well, a lot of my friends. Yeah. So my circle, we all wanted to go there. Yeah. And I just get back to my varsity room and think, hmm, will I really, can I really? And a friend of mine encouraged me to apply and I applied and I remember I'd even gotten my, my, num- my cell number wrong. And the HR lady was so sweet that she, wow, you should see Michael.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my facial expression. Like, yes, I
3: so know. <laughs> so I'd even gotten it wrong. And I just thought, wow, okay, I've clearly blown my chances there. Yeah. And the HR lady at least was kind enough to even send me an email. So it, it had been a lonely process throughout. Yeah. Um, and also trying to figure out whether I really want to do law. Um, so, so we were
1: at some point in, a, in the conversation at a point where you decided to do uh to become an attorney and you actually ultimately did become an attorney yes but we know you're no longer in practice now yes. you in corporate yes how did how did that come about and and why you know so going back to what you said a lot of people want to get into the profession and and you seem to have gotten out ish yes. in a sense that you're not mainstream
3: yeah leaving practice so practice is it's it can be very grueling mm-hmm. um it's it's a very it can be very difficult it's very demanding so on on the time and also the admin that comes with it so it was really just trying to get to grips with whether i want to be um noting every single thing that i do okay i spent five minutes engaging with that person i fit fe- i spent an hour doing research on this particular issue. I spent so much time writing up a legal opinion and Mm -hmm. I I found that that really tripped me up a lot because I just wanted to get on with the work so even if it meant staying there for long hours i had no issues with it whatsoever but there was a lot of admin that
1: came with practice the the, the, the admin and
3: yes and Mm -hmm. and for me what i also didn't quite 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 appreciate was that you know one is assist then on the output of the admin more than anything so it goes down to the number of hours that you've clocked um and i just i tried to reconcile myself with that for quite some time yeah I couldn't.
1: So, so that's what you didn't like about yes. about practice. What yeah. do you like about not being in practice? So, you're now in corporate.
3: Yes, I'm in corporate. And,
1: and um, what what do you enjoy about that? So, if somebody is considering going corporate, what is it that you know they could look forward to? Um,
3: I'd, uh, funny enough, I wouldn't advise one to go into corporate too quickly. Mm-hmm. So, um, f- And the reason I say so is because now I can say I enjoy corporate also because it relates to the fields that I'm in. Um, I enjoy media law and telecommunications law and that's why I'd stay in corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Practice is great because it's going to give one a lot of training. Um, it, you 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 apply yourself quite quite a lot, and I was fortunate enough to also be in a law firm that rotated me throughout the different departments. And so there are certain skills that come with practice that I think as a young legal professional one should definitely try and make the most of mm-hmm. and then as you begin to explore you explore the field and and realize what you like what you don't like the fields that you're interested in it's then that you'd want to look at opportunities in in corporate because the thing about corporate as well is you never want to enter into early because mm-hmm. you might find yourself at a very junior level and it can be a bit difficult to work your, to to work your way up um and so when you're in in corporate and you're in a field that you're actually enjoying there's a lot of room f- and opportunity for growth um you can specialize a lot in a particular field and you can try and take 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 advantage of some of the opportunities that can come. So, for instance, with me, it's very broad. I do a lot of policy orientation work, which again I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of media communications and media engagement in my previous corporate um, company where I used to work at, and that's not something I would necessarily do when I was when I'm at a law firm. Mm-hmm. But again, it really takes initiative. One should engage. One should be willing to work outside of their immediate scope. So, just because you're a, a a law professional you don't necessarily have to do um, or confine yourself to the legal department
1: and and perhaps that's something that it it might be enjoyable in corporate because you get to look at other spheres exactly of of the business let's take a call rafael you're calling from santon good evening
2: uh good evening to you and your guests uh my first time caller but yeah. uh, I'm glad yeah, i we would give
1: you the clap, but we don't have such luxuries. <laughs> <laughs> we don't and we don't have you on We don't have that either. <laughs> I'm sorry, Raphael. We kind of suck.
2: <laughs> no, that's fine. Um I'm a former colleague or at least current at least of Edgar's. Um we did our articles together. Okay. And he's a quality gent, um, A man that I worked with, and he's well respected amongst my peers as well. Oh, yes. Who went to varsity together as well. So I can attest to the validity and truthfulness of his story. Yeah. Um, Perhaps, you know, I would like Edgar, seeing as such a great opportunity for him to elaborate on this, and it's a question that we always get from people in university about articles, mm-hmm. um, perhaps he can elaborate on, you know, some of the challenges he experienced during his articles, um, and elaborate on the importance of work-life balance as well. Um, keeping it going, sticking in there, finding your field as well, um, finding a niche, because there is a gap between what we learn in varsity as compared to what actual practice is. You might have been got a distinction in labor law but mm-hmm. that might not be your thing and perhaps he can speak about that connection as well yeah but more importantly on the work-life balance aspect
1: for sure two great questions um edgar um so so let's let's break them up uh, in two and I, and I think certainly the second one would would i'm curious to hear from everybody this work-life balance thing but the first one is the experience of articles um, how was that as, as as rafael wants to know so the transition from
5: university to 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 practice, mm-hmm. it's it's a bit rough, mm-hmm. right? In in many levels, one you're used to academic writing. You know, you need to write this essay for like five hundred pages, five hundred words, five thousand words, and whatever else. It's very theoretical, so the, it's, it's it's very theory based, mm-hmm. right? And then you get to practice. They're looking for solutions. Right, they're looking for practice. Like they need you to. It's 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 called practice writing. It's called professional writing, which the transition is quite rough because varsity doesn't prepare you for that. Right, and as Raphael pointedly pointed out, correctly pointed out, the the what you've learned in theory mm-hmm. in varsity doesn't quite prepare you or, or fully prepare you for what they require of you in 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 in, in corporate. Sorry, in in practice. Mm-hmm. So the transition is a bit. At, at the beginning let me let me put it like that so at the beginning is a bit difficult because you started you start adjusting to it you know it's like it's like tango first it's a bit you know you miss your step and you step on yourself and then you get to a point you get the rhythm mm-hmm. and then you you start adjusting to the rhythm and then you start dealing with you know the politics of of, of of practice and what practice requires or expects of you and the directors that you get so fortunately for me i I always wanted to do, you know, litigation, mm-hmm. right? And and when I joined, I mean, in, how else were you <laughs> going to see your dad? <laughs> exactly. So so when I joined, I was fortunate enough to be placed with, you know, the good good principals, people that understood, you know, how to teach. They had been in the profession for 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 quite a, quite a while, so they understood that you're dealing with people from different backgrounds, mm-hmm. and that in and of itself is also another issue because. Remember, the adjustment is not going to be the same. So, if I come from to 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 tax adjusting to tax is difficult, you mm. know, and it's like four or five years, and then you're done, and you go to university, and you, have you to go, adjust again. Then you need to adjust again. It's 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 also very like it's different, mm. you know, how you speak, how you carry yourself. You know, it's different as well if you're coming from a background where you have somebody that is there to that have been there first, like. For my, for my for my for my siblings i've been there so I'm, i can go back and say no, no 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 you you know this is what you do this is how you talk this is how you address yeah. people this is how you dress this yeah. is what you do i mean for example for my for one of my interviews i showed up with white socks in a suit the black suit and white socks hey man mj style i didn't know
1: i, you I, know mean, I mean isn't that funny <laughs> i mean if, if if i went to my interview with what they now called happy socks in those days i would have been out but, I mean, happy socks, I, t- I still can't do them, but they say the thing now. So, you get so it? maybe they'll come a day when white socks are back. Advocate <laughs> <laughs> John, uh, 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 one thing that, you know, work-life balance, and, and I'll bring it back to you, Edgar. Work-life balance, you say you're still in chambers. And, and I often struggle with this word. And, and, and I think, I imagine younger professionals struggle with it even more. Um, is there such a thing as work-life balance? When, you know, y- 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 when as we speak now, you say you are in your chambers, and 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 no doubt you you are not there on our account. So meaning we kind of like a, an hour's distraction, and you're gonna you're gonna you know do what you intended to do for the evening. Yes.
4: Well, um, the, I think that the best response to that is to say that there is no homogeneous answer to, to the question of work-life balance. Mm. It is uh, very much each according to his own. Mm. I mean, uh, we have colleagues, we have uh, children who are married who have many other responsibilities other than being counseled, and then colleagues who only do this particular uh, uh, job. Now, mm. uh, fortunately so unfortunately, mm. depending on how you view it, uh, I do not have much responsibilities uh, in my private life. I'm not married, uh, and I do not have children. The only mouth which I'm pretty much responsible for currently is to quit my own. Mm. But it doesn't mean that I do not have family, I do not have friends, mm. and I do not have people I, I care about, and other things which and, I enjoy. And
1: probably uh, the pursuit of a spouse with whom to have children.
4: Yes! <laughs> 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 well, 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 when I eventually get married to my spouse, uh, my, my my lovely partner, which I do currently have now, uh, I, will, I will of course have to work work it in around mm-hmm. that particular environment because they, they, they always say that you you make time for the things you, you you care about and for the things that you do not care about, you do not make time. Mm. Um, it, it is not an easy task to, to to balance because at the same time. Success uh, waits for no particular man. Uh, the harder you work, usually you'll get rewarded and uh, the more is you, uh, you, you will not get the reward. So there are objective and subjective uh, responses which one can be able to offer to that. But I think the best response to give is that it's each according
1: to... Uh, as your own. About Every- that. Let me bring in Tulwani. I mean, I mean w- when we talk about work-life balance, as men, we might relate to it. Differently mm. relative to women And I'm not at all being sexist And I know that um, uh, Julius Malema gave some judge a hard time When he tried to articulate yes. A point around this and, and I'm not sure if it came out well But I think there was some kind of merit in it um, Work-life balance from female point of view?
3: Um have a support base I'd put it like that it's really about having a support base and admitting that you cannot do it on your own you cannot be superwoman and I think that's the biggest downfall is one wants to be the mother one wants to be the wife one wants to be the daughter and the professional and so on and so forth so it's it's a matter of having a good support system a good support structure and managing your time and having open conversations fortunately where I am now I've got a very good relationship with um, the person that I work with my superior and having those open conversations and saying listen this is my situation um and being responsible so don't just actually want to take time off uh, without realizing that whatever time that you're not able to commit to at that particular point in time because you have to deal with a personal affair you still the, the job still has to get done mm. so at the end of the day if it's putting in the long hours of uh, later on in the day so be it
1: do, do, you, do you think that you know i think so sort of, <laughs> is it possible to have a edgar um a good, a healthy social and family life when you are in practice and 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 maybe if you can hit me in thirty seconds you know from your own experiences and from the experiences of your colleagues um, I work with with an amazing
5: lady called Christy Simpson, right. Mm. Christy has it. She won't give you a raise me. I kid you, I kid you not. <laughs> yeah. um, um, I've, you, you, it's a conversation that we have, and mm-hmm. it's difficult, and you get that that it's difficult. Mm. But I've seen it being done. Do mm. You get what I mean? So looking at her, and you realize how hard mm. when you get to work, it's 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 that you work, you get the work done, mm. right? When it's time to go home, because it matters to you, you go home. So mm. you need to have like a solid line, like a solid boundary, to say, I'm going home, and I'm going to attend to my family. Uh,
1: Nicoline, Ngumala, you're a lecturer. I'm not going to ask this question of you. Um, not because I'm suggesting that lecturers don't work hard, but, but we know we know it's a little bit different. I oh, know. <laughs> We've run out of time, I'm afraid. I would have asked, but I'm not dying to ask, admittedly. Um, thank you to all my guests. Um, hope that um, you've taken something away from, from our show. We are profiling young professionals at BIN Youth Month, and we intend to, to do more um for the course of the month around a similar theme and context so well, you'll you know you can look forward to what we might come up with for you next week but for tonight let me thank all of my guests um she um is in corporate thank you
3: thank you thank you for having me and thank you to the listeners
1: at gametebola um attorney at ens africa thank you thank you very much and thank uh, you to the listeners uh, nicolene my lecturer at Unisa. so thank you so much uh, nicolene and just out of interest, though, Nicolene, what do you teach? Yes. What do you teach? I'm just trying to I see teach. if I, I may one day be taught by you.
0: <laughs> I teach advanced indigenous law.
1: All right. That's, we need to talk again because indigenous law is, is, is a topic on its own. Thomas, please make a note of that of and course, as well. Of course. Uh, Advocate Lungia uh, Lungia Njanga, sir. Thank you so much for, for joining us on the Law Report, sir. Thank you very much, Robin. Thank you to your listeners. And uh, to you, Afropolitan, it's been a very good evening. I, I hope um, to, to be with you again next weekend. From me, Michael Maturning-Bill, good night.
3: Rewinding.
0: Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind.
3: Visit kayafm.co.za for more.